Hello and welcome to Meet the Team podcast. My name's Meg and I work in our external communications department and I'm the host of this series. I'm here today with Toby. Toby was one of the first people that I met here at Companies House as he was on the panel for my interview and who better to welcome me. Thank you for agreeing to be on this podcast. I'm looking forward to learning more about Toby and his role. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for inviting me. Very welcome. Um, Firstly, can you just tell me your role title and how you fit into the wider team here at Companies House? Okay. So my role title is the head of software development profession and um, so my focus is on the community of people with with that skill set within Companies House. Um, So how does that fit into the wider picture? Our purpose is to to actually build the software that then meets users needs so that we can then make sure that our the citizens that need to use our services so whether that's companies who are filing uh, information with us or whether that's Um, members of the public who want to get access to that information are able to do that via our web services. Okay, thank you so much. Um, So I'm not sure if you listened to the previous podcast, but we're going to start with some jokey questions to get going. So cats or dogs? Dogs. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Same. Um, so, and moving on to the proper questions, <laughs> the serious stuff, which piece of work are you really proud of? I think one of the pieces of work I'm most proud of that we've built over the last couple of years has been um, a project called the Streamlined Company Registration Service. So this was a joint project where we worked closely with Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs um, to make it easier for people who are setting up new companies. So historically, they'd have had to tell company's house that they wanted to incorporate their new company, and then they would independently have needed to register with HMRC for corporation tax and um, VAT and PAYE. So we've built a service um, with them that enables people who want to set up their own companies to be able to do that all in one go now so they're not having to tell multiple different government departments the names and addresses of directors over and over again so it's made it streamlined which is I think that's a, a, really interesting because it's actually something that I've thought about and thought isn't it great how you just do one thing and then HMRC automatically know about it it's all these things that get done but people don't realize it's fixed before it's broken almost absolutely and that wasn't always the case and i think it's um it's important that we as government work across those sort of organizational boundaries to make sure that um we yeah we're providing services for citizens that are are user-friendly you know it's they're, they're not customers they can't choose they're obliged to do it so so it's important that we make that as is reduce the friction and make it as easy Definitely, as possible. Yeah, which brings us on really nicely to um, One Team Gov. I know you do a lot of work in that area. Could you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, One Team Gov formed about two years ago. Um, there were um, uh, a couple of people who were at a, um, they were together at a, an unconference, and they they thought, why are policy and digital separate things you know and wouldn't life be better if if those were were more joined up and uh, so they they formed one team gov um, which is a a group of people who want to make things better across government and it's it's kind of as vague as that really it's it's 
but it's about doing things as well. So there's a there's a there's a series of seven principles that it that it's based on, and, and all of those are listed and detailed on the the One Team Gov. Sounds website. really innovative, like new ways yeah. of. It's it's very much about collaborating. So yeah. it's working across boundaries. You know, working across government boundaries, or or whether it's working across teams within organisations, or you know, even even globally. So there was a, a One Team Gov Global Unconference event, um, which I I helped at, and um, we had people from over. Over, I mean, about 40 countries represented. So I found it really interesting to learn from, say, people in Canada about the challenges they were facing. And, you know, so we have our company's house register here. And in Canada, because they have 11 states, they have 11 equivalents of companies' house. So it was interesting to hear the challenges. And, you know, there's often people who have solved the problem that you're facing already. And if you talk to other people, you can get their input. and, and, And it's nice to be able to... To, to get that from other people and also to give back if, if, if you found that as well. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Um, and can you tell me, so back to your role, um, what made you decide that it was the career for you? What made you um, think? It's probably a bit of a cliche. Uh, as a child, I enjoyed playing around with computers. So my dad was always quite keen on buying shiny shiny kits. So I got to, I got exposure and got to play with that. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do with a career. So I ended up doing a degree in computer science um, and uh, then naturally went into the world of software development. I quite like working with people. Um, I enjoy the problem solving side of things. You know, the extrovert question earlier comes into the sort of working with people and that, and that side of stuff. So I like yeah, working with software developers and, and helping join the gap in terms of um, making sure that we build software that meets users' needs. So, you know, that, and, and I, I enjoy that side of stuff, the sort of the human side of the whole yeah. software engineering Sounds like process. you're really rewarded by your job. Is that true? Yeah, I enjoy... I enjoy it. I'm always looking to improve it. You know, I, I find it. I find it satisfying. There's, there's nothing more satisfying than being able to build just enough software so that you can, yeah, make people's lives a bit better. Um, yeah, that's great. Can you tell me, um, talking about making people's lives better, a bit about the social responsibility work that you've been doing in the digital okay, department? Okay, so. One of the benefits of being in Companies House is that we get to, um, we're given a, a number of volunteering days that we're allowed to use each year to, to help with the the wider community. And um, something I've been involved with is, is working with a, a local organisation called City Hospice. So that's a, a hospice in um, Cardiff. Uh, it's a bedless hospice, so people don't actually stay in, in, in beds there. And they have, it's like a day centre mm-hmm. for people who might have, you know, going through different um, cancer therapy or they might be you know um, experiencing other things which they're going through and so this provides a nice nice environment for the people to get out of their house and go and socialize with other people so what we do there is once a month we get volunteers from the digital teams to to go along and um, meet with these people and help them with their their digital skills so for example I went and I met a, a really nice um, man who was um, He'd, he'd, he said to me, I've, I've heard that I can watch videos of Spitfire airplanes flying over Cardiff Bay. And I'd, and I'd like, apparently that happened in the 1980s and I'd really like to see a video of that. What can I do? Wow, so you I, didn't know how to no, do that. No, so I thought, oh, okay, so this must be YouTube. So yeah. introduced him to that and uh, um, no doubt he's now the gone down the rest is history. Yeah, total <laughs> rabbit hole of watching 
airplane videos. I know that we've done some equipment donations as well. Is that to City Hospice? So that's to uh, some of the local primary schools. So obviously our our, our, um, IT equipment gets you know, comes to the point where it's uh, no longer up to scratch for our perhaps software development needs yeah. and, and general user needs, um, whereas local schools really value that kind of thing. So I know that we've we've also donated yeah, um, our, um, our some of our equipment that we don't use anymore to, to local That's schools, excellent. which is making That's their really lives cool. a bit better. Can you tell me, are we using any new or creative processes or attitudes towards work and output? So the primary way that we do our software development is using agile techniques. That's not particularly new in the in the software world, but we're we're getting you know we're doing more and more of that, which is um, breaking everything down into small chunks and delivering it as as often as we possibly can to to meet users' needs and then get feedback on that so that we can iterate on those services. Um, we've recently created a platform team here who can help us with some of the more automation of the uh, software release processes. So we're using. Um, we're moving towards a continuous integration mindset where all the developers code, they, they combine their code with each other as often as possible to make sure that that's as straightforward as possible and easy for people to, to work together. Um, and then again, it's yeah breaking that stuff down into really small chunks so that it gets delivered really frequently because mm. the more often and the smaller the chunks, the lower the risk and the better we can meet users' needs. Like, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's just, those things that you fix before people don't people take so much for granted and you get it to this stage that you have no idea the work that's gone into it exactly. to get to there yeah but but i think it's about again the smaller the chunks the lower the risks yeah and that means if you release a small piece of software there's not too much to fix if if it's gone wrong you know it's really important that we um we make sure that 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 we can do that yeah can you tell me a little bit about innovation time? So um, historically, there's always been uh, quite a strong focus on projects, which rightly, rightly so. You know, we make we are we're ultimately spending public money, so that needs to go in the most efficient and effective ways possible. Um, but what we've realised is we've got a um, large large group of bright and intelligent people and we need to harness their innovation and creativity side of their roles rather than rather than just purely heads down to the grindstone so we introduced innovation time which gives people the opportunity to spend half a day a week on um, doing whatever they want that they think will make things better so an example of one of the things that came out of that was in our culture community one of the things that people liked most was meeting people from other areas and directorates so one of our developers uh, riffed on that and thought that it'd be great to build a curious coffee application so people can register for curious coffee and then you get randomly paired up with somebody from another directorate and you can go and have a coffee with them and just get to meet someone from a yeah, so th- and that they built that and they got to use new technology and they learned about Node.js and Amazon Web Services stack and those sorts of things in the process of building it. So they, they scratched their, I want to learn something in their technical itch. Yeah. You know, and at the same time, they built something that's then being used by people across companies' house. So that's sort of great. That's cultural benefits too. Being the head of the development software profession means... For me, it's about enabling people to grow within their roles and develop themselves as a person so that they can become uh, an even better software developer. It's getting people across the across the different teams. So we've got 13 software development teams 
it's getting them to share their great ideas with each other so that if one team over here is is doing great stuff that the the other teams are aware of that and can learn and gain from that you know how can we make sure that we're doing high quality software that's easy to maintain which then means that we can add new features to it easily and quickly without incurring you know technical debt and pain that is then difficult for to, to iterate on in the future so it's about trying to simplify that whole process you definitely strike me as a very people focused worker and person generally which is really uh, lovely and it's i don't think from the outset on face value you'd think software developer as a people focused person rightly or wrongly but it's critical i mean everybody works in teams we have to work together you know you've got that stereotype um but it's 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 important that our people you know the people are, the, are central to it all and we, if people aren't happy and engaged yeah. you know you, you need you absolutely need that to have the most effective way of developing software and get the most out of it well thank you so much that brings us to a nice end um you enjoyed thank you yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> Good. Um, so thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. In case you missed the last episode of our Meet the Team series, we spoke with Oceane last month about her role as an interaction designer. You can find all our podcasts on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.